0: there's an empty lot at the end of the alleyway of our block. Um, so one of the guys said, Hey, let's, we should plant that. So we started, um, we went and cleaned up all the trash there, knocked down all the the tall grass, pulled out all the sticks and stuff, made a couple of Hugo mounds and just started planting it out. Um, mm. We ended up having a couple of weekend sessions where like a dozen people from the block joined us and we built like, Palette furniture and brought some tables and uh, wow it was was really cool it became a really cool community space but grew a lot of food um and the really interesting thing was like we'd be working this space and people who'd been walking around the neighborhood for 10 years the space has always been empty um they would come in and help for a bit and walk on and tell their friends about it and eventually um it got in the newspaper and stuff um somebody was writing a book about it Uh, it turned into a really neat guerrilla community space Um, they showed movies there Uh, they had bands play there and stuff it was really cool
1: this is the farm hop life podcast the traveling homestead family i'm matt derosier today my guest is simon gooder Currently living in Quebec, he has lived in several places in Canada, traveled quite a bit, worked abroad, lived in a van, gardened on and off for several years, stoked on permaculture and ecology, localism, and building community where you are. Founded Perma People with his pal Ben at the start of the pandemic. We're definitely going to get into that later. So thanks for being here. I appreciate you uh, spending your time. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, I was following you on Twitter. And I'm like, hey, this guy sounds interesting. Let's let's get him on the podcast. And so I had you fill out the form. And one of the questions on the form is like, do these general questions look good? And you sent back no. And so I, <laughs> I messaged you back. I'm like, no. And you go, I'm, I pulled it up here. Uh, I w- I'm okay with them, but I wouldn't consider myself a homesteader. I do many of the things, but I live in a lonely suburb in a 1970s house on a third of an acre. I'm like, do you have a garden, laying hens, anything? And you said, I don't have hens, but I have a garden. i uh, have been working hard at germination, setting up micro nurseries for the past few years. We make a ton from scratch: beer, wine, and bread, homeschool, and forage for herbs and mushrooms. I'm new to this most recent spot, but I have but I've had gardens everywhere and lived over I've everywhere I've lived over the past decade started guerrilla community gardens, acted as a seed hub to redistribute seeds to local clubs and food access orgs. I do many adjacent things. So I'm okay. So I guess I'm okay with the question. Maybe we need a new term for it. And I said that all of that, I want to talk about that. (laughs) Like way to sell yourself on like getting, uh, getting in on like uh, getting interviewed. Like that sounds, that sounds crazy. Um, sure like now after I reread that I'm like man where do I even start like I guess let's start let's start with you like Mm -hmm. how did you get started homesteading
0: um well I guess I grew up doing a lot of uh, nature stuff always been into obsessed with animals when I since I was super young but I grew up like camping and fishing and hiking and all that stuff so I think Anything adjacent to nature is super interesting for me. And my dad gardened a bit growing up, but, you know, food and flowers, like tomatoes and flowers and junk like that. Um, had a little greenhouse. Um, so that was like my my only introduction. It wasn't serious, I wasn't interested then, but, so, but it was kind of always there. Um, I think one of the major like moments for me though, um, I was in Australia. Uh, traveling with some with a friend and the people we were staying with said i have this really interesting um friend he runs a like a, a community garden um for at-risk youth so we went and checked it out and it, it turns out it was one of the og permaculture gardens in australia um Whoa. i had no idea what permaculture was at the time but it was just a giant food forest you could walk through like full canopy like we were picking lemons, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you got to pee, just go pee on those trees over there." And it just, just seeing it was like a full forest, but it was like the corner of a school field, and I is just, yeah, super fascinating. I think about that wild. one all the time, and it's it's a, a source of inspiration for sure. And yeah, couple that with I, I'm a bit of a doomer, um, so that interest is there to be able to supply needs for myself and my family, but Mix of things, I guess, but yeah. Sure. When you saw that food forest, how old was it? Like 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 20 years old, 30 years old? Like how well established was it? I, I mean it had to it had to be at least 20 years old. The the trees were good. Some of the trees, like it was full canopy, like like sure. tall trees. I know things grow quick in Australia, like it was near Sydney. So sure,
1: um, that's a good point. Yeah,
0: it was mature, it was still mature.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh do you remember who had like worked on that um food forest was it like one of the like like david hallgram or um no i don't i don't think it was one of them but it was somebody
0: who had who had gone to some of the the earlier um, pdc's and stuff okay yeah where did you where did you grow up i grew up in the okanagan in british columbia oh okay nice cool semi-arid desert wine country
1: (laughs) semi-arid desert I didn't know that the semi arid desert could make like make grapes for wine I guess I don't know No, now I, now yeah, I, now it's I know something spot, I guess yeah I guess yeah yeah um so what motivates you to grow your own
0: food uh, I guess it's always been interesting like being able to sort of design and guide systems um, and make things grow. Once you once you accomplish that originally, it just feels really good. But there's also like wanting to have resilience within a community. Um, That's my main motivation now and supplying food for my family teaching my kids about growing food and really an extremely important skill. Um, Yeah. And again, as I said, I'm a bit of a doomer. So there's a prepping aspect there too. Sure,
1: sure. That's totally fair does um where's the best place i i guess it's probably hard to pick one of all the gardens that you've had where's wh- which one are you most proud of like oh man this one was my favorite
0: that i worked on um i think they're all interesting for different reasons um, Sure, but we spent a summer up in in uh yukon territory in dawson city so like a a gold mine or a gold rush town um and my partner and i we lived in a wall tent and when we rolled into town uh we were staying at this hotel and we had bought these big like trug tubs like the the soft flexible uh buckets and we started this this garden of all these tubs outside um it was probably like end of may or something but we we met so many people from having this outside of our hotel room. Um, so I think that was a super interesting one. And we went on to live in that wall tent and we had all sorts of things growing in, in the forest clearing near us, but it kept getting eaten by moose and stuff. Um, that one was interesting, but I think where I'm at now is, <laughs> where I'm at now, I know that I'm going to be here for a long time. So this one I'm I'm definitely much more invested in and interested in.
1: Nice. Um so let's, let's talk about what you're working on right now. The like, so what kind of like methods, techniques or practices are you using? Um, Cause what zone are you?
0: Uh, five B here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really drawn to like the whole systems design and permaculture, definitely my biggest inspiration. So trying to go like super low input. everything's like beyond organic. I wouldn't add anything besides, you know, household uh, food waste and stuff like that. Lots of grass clippings, um, leaf mold, things like that. Um, lots of diversity. I'm trying to plant everything together. Um, lots of experimentation because you never know what's going to work in your specific right. space. Um, and hopefully patience and long term uh, thinking. But I'm not the best at that yet. So,
1: when you say whole systems design, can you explain what that means to people?
0: Yeah, sure. So including yourself in the system that you're building um, first and foremost, but including everything that's kind of already there as well. So how you move through your system, consider the weather patterns in your specific spot, consider how the sun aspect hits every area you're in um, using what you have there already, how the animals interact, how the wind hits your, your space. Um, Yeah. So just considering everything as one as a whole. Do you
1: do permaculture like consultations? Like do, are you a designer at all or anything? No, not really. Just I'm, for a, design, I'm,
0: I'm a digital designer, but I'm not a permaculture designer. No, okay. I was myself. just
1: curious. Like uh if you were to like how long would it take you to make a make a plan? Like so how long have you been on your current uh your current property? Uh just since September. Oh wow. Okay. So coming yeah. up on a year here. Um mm-hmm what do you have a pl- like plan for your whole space yet? Or is it kind of like just evolving as you go, like starting with your zone one and yeah. working out or.
0: Sort of, I kind of jumped into it. Um, I spent the winter uh, trying to draw out my designs, went through like 50 different iterations. Um, I was sharing it with some people on Twitter for some feedback and I got some real permaculture designers to, to give me some tips and stuff like that. So got some interesting stuff done, but I feel like I've already accomplished what was on that plan. Um, so now I just got to wait for that stuff to grow. But now I'm already thinking like, hmm, we got to cram this space now, you know,
1: Sure. where sure. am I going to
0: put the peach trees? I need apple trees. I need plums.
1: Are you, um, sorry, I, I've, I forgot everything that you said that you, that you do uh, already. There's so much but you don't you don't have any livestock yet
0: no are you planning on it yeah i would like to get a few um once more settled in the space i had a few ducks for a while when we were living um, on the north coast in uh, british columbia and that was great they're amazing little creatures great for slug patrol and stuff like that Um, good for eggs so just so uh if you were to get any livestock it would just be ducks i would get a few ducks yeah I don't okay. really have the space for much more. Chickens are a little Maybe bit some too rabbits. rowdy. Maybe chickens. Yeah. Maybe chickens. I don't know. I, I think ducks are a little bit more hardy. They seem like... Uh, that's... Yeah,
1: that's true. That that it That is, that is, that we'll is true. Uh, so in all of your experience, what have you tried that worked well? Man.
0: I think one of the most um, sort of fulfilling and valuable things is just like trying to grow things from seed um, and not just like seed packets, but growing perennials, uh, nuts and fruits, stuff like that. Um, I was pretty inspired by Edible Acres on YouTube. You know that guy, Sean? Maybe. So I might like, have. Okay. He has like a permaculture nursery in um, New York. Okay. Um, and he does everything from scratch and he grows everything together in these beautiful like polyculture gardens on his space. Mm. but he's very like low input. Um, anyway, so inspired by that, um, I went to like a heritage nut grove back in my hometown a couple years ago. And um, in the fall, so the mast was everywhere, like all sorts of different nuts. Um, it was like an experimental nut grove, I guess, back, back in the day. But it's a park now so we went through and can collect the nuts um so we got a, a bunch of different varieties of walnuts from all over the world um and a few other things but that didn't work out as well but i ended up putting them into like a salad clamshell and stuffing some uh, leaf mold in there and throwing mm. that in the shed all winter um and then come in the spring i I'd check on it every week and they'd be sprouting tap roots so oh wow i got i got some nursery pots and i ended up like No no input at all, you know, just like soil from wherever I could grab it and mix with leaf mold and had these massive like three foot walnut trees by the end of the summer um, in pots. So I ended up, unfortunately, moving across the country, but uh, I was able to donate some of them to some local food organizations and sold a few others for some other homesteaders in town. But
1: that's
0: just surprisingly easy. I didn't have to do anything, you know.
1: I'm I'm super curious. I've never seen this before. Um, So... A clear salad clamshell. You're talking about. Yeah. And you, yeah. Just so. So, that it gets so you have like a greenhouse effect, or. Yep. Yeah. And you just like put it in like the windowsill or something inside
0: until it's. Put it outside. It needs to uh, get cold stratified. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've got huh. I've got about like ten hickories going in pots right now, in the shed. Um, I don't That's have much nice. space. I maybe have space for one, but I'll probably go plant some in the forest and give some to my friends. Who have homesteads as well, but um, got a couple of butternuts and stuff like that, um, that I've collected and some black walnuts that uh, are mm-hmm. starting to sprout too. So yeah, surprisingly easy. That kind of blows my mind a little bit and how simple mm-hmm. that is. Like mm-hmm. uh,
1: I've seen the, um, oh, what the heck is it? You take like milk jugs and mm-hmm. you like kind of cut it almost all the way around and like put... Like ah uh, yeah soil in like the bottom, that. plant it like plant your do your transplant or your seed I guess mm-hmm. if you're starting from seed, tape it back on, and so you can like water mm-hmm. down the top. But it feels right. like the greenhouse effect.
0: Um, right. Um, the, Sean at Edible Acres actually gets just these big tubs, and he just fills them with like hundreds of seeds in each one, like like you know stone fruits and nuts, and just throws like wet wood chips in there and buries it and then digs it up in the spring and plants it all and he he grows thousands of trees every year
1: huh How much? you said edi- edible acres is the guy i'm gonna have to look this guy up mm-hmm. after the yeah after the show that sounds cool who are some of your other favorites other than um edible acres
0: uh ben falk uh he wrote the resilient farm and homestead that's been a huge one um Sepp holzer as well he's He really uh, kicked off my my permaculture uh, interests. I came across his documentary um, "Farming with Nature," like back back in like two thousand and seven, maybe randomly on YouTube one day. Um, And it's so cool. He's he's the guy that's growing uh, lemons in the Alps. Sure. Um, And he's got caves for his pigs and stuff. He's just done some really cool experimenting and shown what's possible.
1: I've heard the name plenty. I actually just haven't seen like any
0: of his, any of his stuff. Um, mm. He's fascinating too, for sure. He, uh, yeah. he also walks around with like a bucket of like um, vegetable seed on his property and just sows it everywhere. And so he walks along and him and his wife just like harvest vegetables from like multiple acres. And it's just wild trees mixed with apple trees that he's planted, like, and cabbage growing here lettuce growing there it's really neat he's created like an entire like multi-acre it's of almost just like
1: chaos yeah. of uh exactly. of, yeah. of plants but i mean it really if it was meant to grow there uh it would mm-hmm. have yeah so that's it No, yeah, that makes sense that that seems so much better than like us trying to like almost like take like tweezers and like, I want this plant to grow right in this spot. Like oh, I don't it, want man. it over here. I want it mm-hmm. there. And so the plant's like, I don't give a crap. You're like I'm going to, I want to grow over here. Screw you.
0: It makes things so much easier. I think if you can just, you know, <laughs> yeah, take a step uh, back Oh, that's That's working. I'll let it, let it do its thing. I've lately,
1: I've been exploring the uh, concept of like seed balls where you take like mm-hmm. uh I guess it's one variety but i don't know why you couldn't do like multiple varieties in a single seed ball um do you like is it is it compost and clay i think right and like you plant them just kind of see what see what grows like that yeah.
0: that clay is yeah, supposed awesome. to
1: retain moisture and um the compost is just like the nutrients all wrapped into one so you're kind of given what the hey plant that's a cool needs. idea
0: we should be doing
1: that everywhere right yeah that's uh that kind of goes into a little bit about let's about like your gorilla gardening let's let's jump around a little bit what yeah sure but
0: tell people what gorilla gardening is uh, i guess taking using space that's not necessarily yours or um communal spaces and just growing gardens anywhere basically anywhere you can. How long have you been doing this um well, I'd I dabbled in it for a while um, in the various places that I was um, by like just growing food and the the clearing in the forest when I, when I lived in the Yukon and stuff like that. But um, when I was in living in Montreal, um, we became pretty close friends with some of the other people in our apartment building. It was just like a four story. And one of the other dudes there was super into permaculture. Um, oh, nice. So we had some really fun, uh, projects going on like we would get old dressers and fill the drawers with soil and just grow like our backyard was a mess of just like old dresser drawers and buckets and we grew a ton of stuff in our tiny little courtyard it was probably only like 20 feet by 10 feet back there but we had so much stuff going um but that that kind of got us to connect with our other neighbors who were interested in that so we started sharing the plants and stuff um and eventually we got to talking and there's an empty lot at the end of the alleyway of our block um so one of the guys said hey let's we should plant that so we started um we went and cleaned up all the trash there knocked down all the the tall grass pulled out all the sticks and stuff made a couple of hugo mounds and just started planting it out um yeah. we ended up having a couple weekend sessions where like a dozen people from the block joined us and we built like Palette furniture and brought some tables and uh, wow was was really cool it became a really cool community space but grew a lot of food um and the really interesting thing was like we'd be working this space and people who'd been walking around the neighborhood for 10 years the space has always been empty um they would come in and help for a bit and walk on and tell their friends about it and eventually um it got in the newspaper and stuff um somebody was writing a book about it uh, it turned into a really neat guerrilla community space. Um, they showed movies there. Uh, they had oh. bands play there and stuff. It was really cool. Um, it eventually ended up getting bulldozed because the owner of found course. out. He showed up maybe the next year, um, and it's all been just like uh, boarded up with plywood ever since. It's about two years ago now, two and a half years ago maybe. Man, no it's that's more than super that, three, three or four. Yeah. That dude is such a,
1: like, that's, obviously, it's his property, he can do whatever he wants, but that's super, like, short-sighted, like, look at what you, like, what was created for you, like, instead of being like, no, need to real estate, blah, 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 like, you, like, if you have any creative juices, get that flowing, figure out, like, a different spin to put on it, like, Mm -hmm. talk to the people that planted it, and the community, like, hey, So let, let's talk about this. Like, what do you guys want to oh, really? see? The blah 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 blah. Like right. literally anything other than just bulldoze it. Like that's super. Well,
0: that's it. Now it's just a mound of trash. So yeah, know. much I better. Yeah, I I'm sure probably, that looks much yeah.
1: better. That uh, he probably could have, like, if he wanted to, he could have sold that lot for like five times like what it was previously right. worth. Right. Because all of a mm-hmm. sudden, it has value. Right
0: wow still, that's still crazy. cool to see what's possible though you know imagine true. you had people doing this all over the place like the press alone um was worth like the city council talking about it you know um yeah i'm sure with enough people involved you could convince uh cities to make purchases and and turn more of these places into parks or something gardens yeah what's
1: the craziest place is, would you say that that's the craziest place that you've uh, done some gorilla gardening or have you done like, I don't know, something, I don't, I don't even know somewhere, somewhere you sh- probably shouldn't have
0: planted a garden. Uh, no, no, that's probably the, the craziest. Yeah. That's the prime. Okay. I mm-hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It, that would be hard to beat if, uh, if you got like, you know, that big of a reaction out of it, that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, what have you tried that failed or didn't work well?
0: Um, uh, I tried living in an extremely remote place and attempted the homestead, thinking like the, the off-grid life was for me, but uh, it didn't work A out so well. What kind of before. place?
1: What did you say?
0: A what oh, kind like, of place? like an extremely remote uh, oh extremely street, right, you know okay. like that that romantic notion of having a homestead right in the middle of nowhere uh yeah
1: where like was that the yukon then was that where you tried to
0: no so it um we we bought a little house i guess it's more like a cabin um it was in haida Gwaii. it's like uh an archipelago off the northwest bc coast um close to mm-hmm. alaska really um it's it's mostly like unseated Haida territory, indigenous um, villages and stuff like that, but extremely remote like um, it's like an eight hour ferry from the mainland to get there and and the Whoa. town that you have to get to is um is like hours from any other resources so. Yeah, it was it was super extreme, but we had a pretty neat little cabin on the ocean. Um, we had electricity, but we did all our like it was rainwater and a composting toilet built into the bathroom. Um, maybe like an eight hundred square foot house with three of us and a big dog living in it, but um, pretty pretty, pretty intense. Remote. Holy smokes! Yes, how do you spell sure. this? How do you spell that? H a i d a space. G-W-A-I-I. Um, the Haida have a super wow. interesting culture there. Um, and it's it's beautiful. Like craziest adventures of my life for sure. But it rains like more than 300 days a year there. Um, one of the summers we had like, I think we counted four sunny days. Um,
1: Dude, there's no way this place is real. These pictures look insane. <laughs> this looks it is like, insane. This doesn't look man, I, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up, uh, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen really quick. So people don't have for that, those that are watching the video, they don't have to, uh, go searching for this later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sh- click share, share screen, brave tab, uh, this one share. Okay. So this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like this is nuts. This is so oh, other side. This is so crazy that this that this place exists. Um I know we're totally
0: off on a tangent, but this is just too mm-hmm. wild. Like
1: this you lived it in is. a place like this?
0: Yeah. That's man, that was it. Yeah, for sure. This That's, is so uh, cool. Now it is it's now, extremely wild still. That's the beauty of it.
1: I gotta go visit. This is now oh, on yeah. my bucket list to like, okay, I need to step
0: foot somewhere. Yeah. Like a eight hour
1: ferry ride. It is, is a little long, oh. but, um, I'm going to have to get over it. So,
0: oh yeah. It's still a beautiful ferry ride. You get to see a lot.
1: I've taken 15 hour flights from Seattle to Hong Kong. I did that oh, yeah. once like round trip. And that was, that was definitely awful. So, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure I get seasick. Like I usually don't do very mm-hmm. well in that regard, but, um,
0: Oh you can pop some gravel and you can uh, I, rent a okay. rent a cabin so you can sleep. So that's not that oh, bad. that's but. true. Um maybe it's I could also them.
1: just take a seaplane.
0: <laughs> I yeah, think I'd pay true. for
1: a seaplane or yep. really go, go. Uh,
0: baller and get a uh, get a helicopter. Right. You can you can fly to some portions of the island. There's small okay. airports. Yeah, so Man, that is awesome.
1: That looks so cool. Yep. Can, can't believe some people like still live in places like that That it's it's
0: extreme man everybody that's living there is just on like uh subsistence level like you're you're not you know it's it's hard to thrive in a place like that i
1: talked to a guy man it's got to be like a month or two ago now who is um in south southeast alaska so kind of close (laughs) to where that is and he's like dude i've got like no topsoil like I don't, I, I keep forgetting what he calls it, but it's like moggy, like, well, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like a bog, moss mm-hmm. thing, like, um, that is like, potatoes do good and that's about it. Yeah. Uh.
0: yeah, <laughs> That's it. That's, yeah. It's like, it's like thick black muck. Um, yeah. we ended up having to have a greenhouse just to control the rain and moisture, um, which is crazy too, but, um, yeah interesting place for sure lots of challenges for gardening and homesteading there so
1: so it was too remote what made it too remote Mm. like just um was was it the
0: soil conditions that's what was um the soil and the rain and the like resources and supplies so like in the winter uh the ocean is insane there um So the ferry can't make it for several days, weeks sometimes. So there's no food getting restocked at the grocery stores. Um, Mm. Not to mention how remote that grocery store is. So they're getting like the, you know, the bottom of the barrel for most of the food. It's coming all the way from Chile for fresh produce. We're not getting any Canadian or American produce. Um, I guess they save all the the cheaper stuff for the remote locations. Um, Yeah, so it's a food. You guys get it rotten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the produce section was abysmal. It's awful. Um, yeah. In the summer, there's a there's a couple there's a really nice Mennonite farm, um, and they supplied like a bunch of cabbage and carrots and stuff. But like a head of cabbage is going for like twelve bucks. So what? A few of those things. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, yeah. Wow. I might
1: have to buy a helicopter and uh, start. <laughs> being a cabbage farmer or just right. like a transporters i don't know right yeah that's so crazy what but if
0: you're get yeah if you're getting your own food though you're you're set there like the, sure. the hide of people they there's invasive deer there so you can have like i think it's like 13 deer tags a year um whoa and and they they fish salmon um is that exclusive them to
1: yet? them because can they're
0: fish salmon there too, indig- but, oh okay oh, the deer tags as well. They they're allowed to take much more salmon, um, but yeah, okay. the deer tags is open. If you're a hunter, you can go.
1: Okay. Because that um that Alaska guy he said uh, that just his wife who is indigenous, um, Alaska native, she uh she can hunt and their kids can hunt, but he cannot hunt. And okay. I think it was mm-hmm. is it hunt and fish? I think it's both. I think he cannot okay. participate um be white Uh, so right yeah um what did you say what brought you to that island in the first place did you did you say
0: um not really uh so we were living in montreal um we had moved around i lived in a few different places in british columbia uh vancouver nelson um we attempted to live in or move to halifax or we made the mistake of moving outside of Halifax thinking it was Halifax and that really sucked. So uh, we, we moved to Montreal and then we were looking to get back to British Columbia because it's a romantic province really. Um, and real estate had started going up at that time. So mm. we were like, Oh, what do we do? We found this place. It was like super affordable. So I went and flew out and checked it out and I was like, well, oh, it's, it's pretty dreamy. There's a lot of opportunity here. It was like a, an acre acre um, overlooking the ocean, uh Mm. like an inlet on the ocean. And it had, it was a big hill on the backside, um, backing onto just like uh, thousands of acres of forest. Um, so it it was a really beautiful spot. Uh, it seemed romantic at the time. So yeah, we went for it. We're pretty, uh, spontaneous and
1: that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds just so crazy. It's, uh, so did you say that you tried it for a year? How long did you say? Uh, we lasted almost three years there. Almost three years. Okay. What was the, what was the final like nail in the coffin or like, you know, str- straw that broke the camel's back? What was the right. like final thing? just so, like, mm, can't do it anymore.
0: We we had said we were leaving a few times or attempted and I'd go, we'd go like uh, drive down and visit my family and, um, go back up and be like, okay, like, well, let's give it another shot. Let's like expand our house, you know, let's build a tiny home or something. Uh, so we have more space. Um, and I think like a week after we had said that we're going to stay, my dog escaped at night and ended up getting hit by a car and dying. So, um, that was a pretty brutal day. Dang. And we said, okay. We're done. That's it. We're leaving. That's the sign, you know, that's the final sign.
1: Sure. That's super yeah. sad. I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: Jeez. Um, uh, so uh, sorry. I'm just trying to like. Okay, how can we move out of that? Uh, out of dead dog territory. All good. Um, All good. What has been the biggest challenge
0: in farming that you faced, or homesteading? I think learning to to just be okay with where you are. Um, every time, like try to put time into something and up leaving, you know, um, we, we spent so much time looking for the place mm. to live. Uh, I feel like we found it now, but like so much of that, like I put, so we put so much time and effort into our place in Haida Gwaii, um, trying to do the homestead thing, planted a whole bunch of trees and dug so many gardens and, uh, ponds for the ducks and stuff like that. Um and worked on the house and then we were, you know, couldn't hack it. So yeah, I sure. guess, I guess that's it. Finding that place to really continue to be motivated to put in the efforts. Yeah. That would it- be,
1: that would be tough. Cause like, you know, it's, man, I got a lot invested here, but it's, you know, it's just not working out for like, you know, and, and sometimes it is just restlessness too. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And it's like ah, I'm I'm kind of over being here. Let, let's mm-hmm. go somewhere
0: else. It's it's so hard to find that place. You know the place, right? I don't know if it even exists for everybody, but you know, I think some people,
1: I I almost I almost envy people that um, can stay in one spot and they're okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. I get, I get, I don't know. I just feel like uh, there's too much to see. To just stay in one spot. I, th- I, I think, it, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like we have our place here, but we're going to hit the road and go visit other people. Hopefully yeah, worldwide. Eventually. Um, that's the goal. It'd be awesome to, you know, come see what you're, what you're doing. Um, yeah, for sure. If uh, Canada ever lets Cana- uh, Americans in. <laughs> <laughs> or if America lets me back in, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I just – but then I always also think about the people that are too content like staying where they are, that they, they're they just like always like, oh, it'd be nice to go to Alaska. So go to Alaska. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they come up yeah. with every excuse to that's, not that's do great. that thing. And uh, man, that just drives me nuts. It's like you're yeah. just cheaping out. Like you're – playing like uh intellectual laziness to that's not it. figure yeah. out how mm-hmm. to
0: actually do what it is that you want to do. Right. I mean if I can do it, anybody can do it really. That's yeah. that's the way we see it. Like you might have to live in your van. Yeah.
1: Right. But, but it works. If you want to do it, then do it. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the living gotta, in the van for a little bit? Yeah, is that sure. by choice? Like or was
0: that by circumstance? Yeah, so- sort of. So, um, when we were living in Vancouver, um, my partner and I thought it would be cool to buy a van and travel around the province. And we ended up spending the summer cruising around, taking our kids on adventures, going camping, visiting friends. Um, and then we ended up not really being able to find a place when we got back to Vancouver. Mm. So we ended up uh, living in various parking spaces um, over the winter in Vancouver. We lasted, I think pretty sure we were, we were in the van for like four months, I think.
1: Um, hmm. Yeah. It sounds rough. Uh, what's winter it's like okay. in Vancouver? Cause I went to, it's okay. Let's see. I'm trying to think of when I went to, it was like Vancouver and Whistler. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember the months that I went. It might've been November that I went to Vancouver and Whistler. Um, mm-hmm. Did a little, I had a, like a five day vacation or something like that up there. Um, okay. It didn't seem that bad.
0: It was very like. It's pretty much. It very wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's gray and rainy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was cool. Um,
1: what's that? It, there's like some suspension bridge park or something like that. I don't remember what it oh, was
0: called. Capilano, I think. Yeah, yeah. Probably. That's yeah. it.
1: Yep. Yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that place is cool. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yep. So, oh man, I had a follow-up question. I don't remember what it was. What's the best part about homesteading?
0: Uh, I think getting to actually spend time to learn the interesting skills um, I've always had an interest in like building stuff um, and I feel like in the last few years since hope setting I've had to put that to the test and like learn these things yeah. um, I feel yeah I feel better off for it you know like I had to learn um, how a pump system works when I had a rainwater system um, I learned to put in flooring like I've had to learn how to use saws and stuff like that you know and then you learn all the gardening skills and the planting skills and the, the nursery skills and um taking cooking to another level you know when you're making oh, yeah. bread or fermenting things and making drinks and stuff yeah i think i think that's it the skills I, I find really interesting and um i don't know how to say it but it's it builds you up as a person you know
1: oh yeah do you say you enjoy the process of learning? Yeah, definitely. Were you ever good at school or did you enjoy school? Not really, no. Me I, I disliked school. <laughs> What's funny, though, is like uh, the kids that dislike school but love to learn. It's like mm-hmm. present something to me that's uh, interesting and I'll listen. That's it. I still love. Like I do, way more learning now than I did in school. Like I'm learning all the time. Like if I'm not learning, like it's kind of frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you get what I mean. Like
0: maybe maybe they just more
1: information.
0: Right. Maybe they just weren't teaching us the right way that we needed to be taught, you know, the right way, or, the right subject or yeah. the right things. That's it. Yeah. That too. That too. Yeah. I mean, it's both, honestly, like, yeah.
1: Um, I'm way hands-on as a learner. Uh, if you sit me in a desk and blab to me, I'm, I'm tuned out in 20 minutes, like 20 minutes is yeah. generous. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's like, you know, watching these, e- even trying to like learn things like permaculture, Uh, through like video um you know is a struggle for me whereas Mm -hmm. if i was to like step into that food forest that you talked about and someone could like go through it and explain it to me like i i I already i get the i get the concept but like if you if they started like you know do their seven layers and like you know, explain the seven layers and can see, and I can exactly see it, it and feel like, it
0: and smell it. Yeah.
1: Whoa, okay, yeah, let's, okay. That's, this is perfect. I like this. Um. Yeah. And if it was that's even it. in like various like stages, like, okay, here's, here's something that's been established for like a year, here's three years, seven years, 10 years, whatever. And so like it, you know, you can see the progression as well. Yeah. Like Good that would be huge. great application application yeah. yeah what um what have you, have you gone to like any workshops before to like learn i mean did you go like that um that thing down in australia was
0: that kind of like a workshop or is that just kind of like hey uh, come just, check this place out yeah it was more like that just a friend okay. showing us his cool project yeah um no i i've been to a few like uh you know hour-long talks about this or that like i, I went to see joel salatin when i was in montreal talk about uh farming and being a rebel and stuff and um uh, yeah nothing major but but i've been to a few talks about various permaculture and farming subjects sure how was uh joel salatin seeing him talk that was interesting i didn't know who he was at the time but uh, oh really uh, yeah yeah um my friends just said hey we got tickets to see joel salatin he's like this rebel farmer dude you should come check it out so we ended up going and uh, it was it was pretty interesting um i haven't read much of his stuff i know who he is and i've watched a bunch of his videos and stuff um, sure. so i'm aware of his you know uh i guess his issues in lots of aspects but um he his approach um to like just being a rebel and just doing trying shit out I thought was really interesting Um, there's a lot of crazy regulations for farming everywhere but especially in Quebec but he had come prepared with like all these ways to skirt the rules for Quebec farmers and he was presenting all these ideas like you should you can do this you should try this you know like did you think about doing this like just because you have to feed your your pigs on a concrete pad doesn't mean they have to be in a concrete enclosure you know so Mm. he had a bunch of interesting Mm thoughts on just you know making it work i guess i did not
1: know that about him i did not know that when he goes to speak somewhere that he uh does things like that where he brings ideas to the region
0: yeah i'm not sure if he does that everywhere but it's it was yeah made it much more interesting for sure
1: you might be one of uh the only people in the world that has gone to see joel salatin speak without knowing who he is beforehand like (laughs) I don't know if there's yeah. a person on this podcast that I've interviewed that isn't a fanboy or girl of mm-hmm. uh, of Joel Salatin. It's just yeah, it's he's, funny. He's big. Yeah, he's big out there. He's a big deal. Um, with how much he does, like I'm not even sure he. Uh, this is just coming from like I, I'm not like a super fan. I, I Like I've read one of his books. Um. And I don't really follow him that closely, but it's man with how much he has going on. It's hard to say if he even does any farming anymore. Like, you know, all these, these like, you know, writing books, doing interviews, media engagements, speaking, speaking, blah, blah, blah. Like, crazy man, uh, you want to talk about how to, how to make a couple million dollars a year farming. Talk about farming. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Forget the farming. Just talk about it. That's it. Um, yeah. Which, Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at Joel Salatin. I mean, <laughs> he busted his ass for many, many, many years and is still doing right. Good work. He can, he can back it up. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So, um, I, I just want that to be known that I'm not like, you know, putting the guy down whatsoever. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, he's, he's just shifted gears. It seems like so. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you have any interest in going to see his place down in wherever he is? Oh yeah, I would love to, for sure. I've talked to one or two people that have been there, and they're like, you know, when he does the videos on YouTube, the it's very like it's shot so like you really don't see the clutter or the mess.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you
1: get there, it looks just like everybody else's property. Like there's right. crap sitting there, crap over there, and um, mm-hmm. which is which is good to know. It. But but they should show right. that they should yes they should
0: yeah you gotta keep it real that's how you show people that they can do it too you know or that they're not doing something wrong really
1: that's exactly what uh that's probably exactly what people feel like i'm not doing Mm -hmm. it right because my place looks messy right like it needs to be spick and span like the queen is not coming to visit like it does not matter right
0: i can't imagine what a clean farm looks like though either it, it,
1: they don't have a farm. It's just grass. Like they grow grass. And right. If there's one dandelion in that yard, that gardener gets executed. <laughs> uh, so what is a micro nursery?
0: Um, I think just the idea that kind of on what I was speaking about before, how easy it is to grow certain things and propagate certain things. The idea that um, you can grow a ton of, plants, trees, perennials um, in your own backyard for a little or no money. Um, just get buckets and soil or make your own soil out of leaf mold and grass clippings and go find some nut trees in your city or whatever, honey locust pods or, you know, fruit seeds and just plant them. It's a lot easier than people think. Um, sure. It'd be cool to get more people actually producing on that level of the micro nursery. A lot of potential to just be creating new trees and not have to spend any money on it and share them with neighbors and stuff.
1: Do you do microgreens? I don't No. Oh, have you ever tried it? I haven't. Oh, okay. I was just curious. I've, some people I've seen that. Um, I haven't done it yet. I actually, um, wherever my seeds are, they might be up on the seed cabinet here. We were going to do it um, this year. And now that we have like the grow cabinet, um, yeah. it's empty because everything got planted. Almost everything got planted. Um, now we have the space available to do microgreens in this cabinet here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to try it this year. I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like One thing that does not work for my wife and I is uh, growing lettuce. Um, okay. Not that it doesn't grow. I get it. It just we kind of forget to harvest it, I guess. Then all of a sudden, it gets too big and like, Bolts, so we were yeah. like, okay, so what if we just grew lots of little lettuce, I guess, and uh, mm-hmm. did did microgreens, I guess. I don't know. So we're gonna sure. we're gonna try it, try something. I think it would
0: be great to do a box or something in the winter for sure. Keep a couple of boxes cycling, you know, and some fresh greens going. Yeah, absolutely. That would be um, good, I guess. If you can't get lettuce to grow, do you, have you ever tried mustard?
1: No, I haven't tried mustard. Uh, bok choy would be giant, interesting.
0: Giant red mustard is one of my favorites just because it grows so so massive. And like, you, you know, one leaf is like the size of your head and it grows super fast. Um, it's grown well everywhere that I've planted it for the past few years. And I just bring the seeds with me um, when I collect them after they bolt. but um, it's, it's a great plant, um, tastes delicious, a little bit spicier than lettuce, but, mm. um, it's, it's quite resilient. Um, and bok choy has been really good for me this year. That's why I asked, I got some bok choy seeds when I was doing the, the seed hub last year. Um, just like a big bulk bag of them. So I've been seeding bok choy like crazy, but it's delicious and it's grown really well so far and it works as a salad too. Um,
1: are those seeds, available on permapeople.org? not right now no what they're not <laughs> oh man
0: no. i'll put up my inventory in the fall all right all right so yeah. i'm gonna i'll send I'm gonna you share my send oh, me your address awesome. I'll send you some. i i can send so you a cool. package yeah 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 for uh,
1: sure so i'm gonna share my screen we're gonna talk about permapeople.org. um sure so how did let's see here let's do it right how did this How did this start here, this uh, permapeople.org? Can you tell
0: me about this? Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the start of the pandemic, I was laid off from my job um, and I was trying to learn some new skills. So I thought it would be a cool idea to build a plant database. Um, and I was starting to just fool around with the idea of pulling in data from Wikipedia and organizing it differently. Um, and then, like maybe a week after I had started that project, I came across somebody on permies.com um, saying mm-hmm. that they were looking to build a plant database and they were looking for someone to help. So I reached out um, to Ben. Um, he's in Berlin, um, and oh, we cool. talked a few times, and we've sort of been iterating ever since. Started super small on just importing the plants for a date or plants for a future database, and then we built on that with a bunch of wikipedia data and then we built on that with a bunch of our own data we we collected spreadsheets and we've just been we spent hours and hours just manually entering data to try and make All it more more full than plans for a future um and then we've slowly added more features over time like our marketplace is super popular um it's location based and open and everything's 100 percent free um so, yeah, I think the marketplace has been the biggest surprise. We kind of just built it on a whim because we wanted to swap seeds with people. But um, we see a lot of action there, which is really cool. And a lot of people starting to list more things um, beyond just seeds. Like there's kombucha and stuff on there now and soaps. And yeah, it's kind of interesting, I think, um, just providing people a free platform to at least swap seeds, if not sell things too. so.
1: So they could do seeds and like bare root or something.
0: Oh yeah. Anything. Yeah. And you can set it to your location. So the idea is ideally you're connecting with people near you to find things that are suited to your location.
1: Nice. This is cool. I,
0: I only, uh, I had only looked at the plant database
1: part and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. sweet. Okay. And then, uh, uh, missed, I must've missed the, the marketplace tab at the top, but, um, this is, this is sweet.
0: Yeah, thanks. And I mean, uh, over ninety percent of the people are um, open to trade, so there's almost no money swapping oh, hands sure. on most of these deals. So you see the little red circle on there that means open to swap, and oh, okay, almost everybody is. So
1: that's su that's super cool. So if I go back here for those that are on the audio, I'm just I'm playing around on the map of the slash marketplace. Uh, so if under filters, is there uh, a filter for um, zone?
0: No, not right now. Oh, okay. Because um, yeah. in, be- da- in the database, you can look for the plant that you want and go to that page. And if there are any listings in the marketplace, you'll see that on the plant profile as well. But
1: okay, um, okay. so let's go- definitely not for
0: everything, but.
1: So if I go back and so like USDA zone four trees, they'll they'll grow in my zone five. So if I go, if I click on this fire resistant USDA zone four trees, um where would it show up that this is available on the so, marketplace?
0: Right. So this is just a list that people make. Okay. You can make lists to organize. So like say click on black walnut there or any of the trees. Doesn't matter. And so Holly Oak. Sure. Yeah. So this will give you all the information about growing it. You can scroll down a little bit. Um, you can see about the hardiness zones, the layers, sun, and then you'll see here in the marketplace if there's any listings; they'll ah, be right there. Okay. So,
1: gotcha. This is awesome. How would you? How do you feel about those plant identification apps? Have you tried any? Do any of them work? Correct.
0: Yes, I, I love them actually. I use it every day, like multiple times. Really? Um, seek is my favorite. It's tied to iNaturalist, if you're not familiar with that, or if you're familiar with iNaturalist. Okay. Uh
1: it's seek i naturalist.
0: Yeah. So
1: see naturalist okay. is, cool.
0: is sponsored by like national geographic and a bunch of new universities um, oh wow okay we'll just report their findings and it's all open so you can see anything you can find all sorts of things but seek um uses i guess machine learning from the iNaturalist database to identify the plants it's pretty good that's
1: pretty sweet um because i'm always super skeptical about those things i'm like because i think i tried one like a year or two ago i'm like Mm-hmm. This this doesn't seem right, uh, but but who am I who am I to say? Cool.
0: Um, I'm I'm sure some of them are, depends what data they're using, I guess. But yeah, Seek is sure. is pretty efficient, um, pretty accurate in my experience.
1: This is super cool. Um, now if you could team up with Seek and mm-hmm. uh, be like. Hey, you can buy this plant on my marketplace, or swap it, or trade it, or whatever. Um, Learn learn more about seek, and it's what it needs through uh, permapeople.org. That's it database. So that would Mm -hmm. be crazy.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. We're we are totally open to like we're a full organic open organization, so everything's available as creative commons license so it can be used anywhere but we're hoping that other people who share that um ideal can share their data too
1: do you monetize perma people
0: no okay Um, no no everything's free uh ben pays for most of it but we just got um we, we do like a buy me a coffee but we don't harass people about it it's just a small okay. link in the footer and we have one subscriber who's paying us 20 bucks a month so oh that wow that's okay it'll cover some of our operating costs at least sure
1: sure yeah oh
0: uh, ho-
1: hopefully after this uh, more people will buy a coffee that would be
0: amazing yeah
1: keep the servers um, running yeah is it? Uh, never mind. I was going to ask, like, is it, is it that expensive? But it could be, but it also couldn't be at the same time. We're,
0: we're pretty small scale. It's not, we don't sure. have to run much crazy stuff. Yeah,
1: sure, sure. Do you need, uh? do you need assistance? Like if someone wanted to help on, let me, just, let me, let me go back page. Um, if someone wanted to help, like do you need people helping like develop permapeople.org, or are you pretty content with it just being you and Ben?
0: Um, we do we do have a few other people in our Slack who contribute like uh, a bug fix here and there um or help okay. us with features. Um like we just had someone reach out to us through Reddit and said, Hey, I, I wanna scrape some data for you guys. So they made us this really nice data sheet of like um, like five thousand scraped plants or five thousand plants um with some information we were looking for on uh like native range and habitat, Whoa. which is super cool. So So yeah, people come to us with these random ideas and we've we've had quite a few um, over the the years that we've been at it um, just come with specific contributions. Um, Also, the database is fully open. Uh, We get a lot of contributions there. So you can go fill out a plant profile. Lots of times it's just uh, basic information, whatever is on Wikipedia. And then people come, add their own pictures, um, add some growing information too.
1: Okay. Is there... This might this might be above my knowledge base, but is there a way to like index Wikipedia automatically and bring it into PermaPeople or like? Um, yeah, so we
0: we did we ran some scraping with their API. We, oh, like okay, matched cool. every, every one of our entries and pulled in um, some basic information from Wikipedia.
1: That's pretty clever. That's the, it was like otherwise like yeah. that copy and paste like. That'd be, oh, yeah. like, be possible. It'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get someone on Fiverr to do this for me. This right. Is, ben, this, this Ben's is super good at
0: that stuff. So that's not me, but sure. Ben does, does that sure. stuff. And he's, he's great at it.
1: You're Steve Jobs and he's Steve Wozniak. I get it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's totally fine. Um, so as we, as we wrap up here, how do I get out of this? Stop. Okay. There we go. Um, Okay. Bring back my notes cuz it's the same. Okay. There we go. Wow, that was a struggle. Um what would you tell people that wanted to get started?
0: Um I think some advice for anybody who wants to get started at anything would just be just just start. You don't have to do much, just start and start experimenting. That's it. You know, save your apple seeds and throw them in a cup with some dirt you picked out of the yard. Just just start doing it. Start playing around experiment the apple seeds um
1: is an interesting take because aren't they like because apples are like the weird plant where it's not they don't propagate that way you get an entirely right. new species from apple seeds and like right aren't,
0: aren't most of them uh awful like when you do it that way um, like, oh this
1: is bitter this is gross I, oh blah blah, blah.
0: Like, so i i love this question because everybody always says that but i i I swear that's just a myth have you ever tasted a crab apple before probably not okay in in the last 10 years definitely not intentionally okay okay so crab apples they're just sour but they're good i've never tried a bad crab apple okay that's like the wild version of the apple um around here we're like in you know a farming village or multiple farming villages there's there's wild apples growing everywhere like feral apples um and we've we've collected from dozens of different trees, and I have yet to find one that's gross. They're all good. Okay. Hmm. So even if I think most of the apples that we see today are bred for like shipping and for staying big and red, sure. or avoiding certain blights or bugs or diseases. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I honestly think we should grow more apples. At at the worst, you have rootstock to get some. Bridles and graft them on there and learn how to graft or you have cider apples if they're too bitter and sour or juice. Sure. Actually, now that you
1: say that. Yeah. uh, I did find like wild apples near my house. Like not even that Mm -hmm. far. Like it's like a 10 minute walk, I guess. Um, And they were like, we picked, but they're, they're not that big. Mm-hmm. tennis ball at most uh, probably tennis right. ball yeah i'd say tennis ball size mm-hmm. um they were not that good Nope. <laughs> okay that's fair they can be dry <laughs> yeah um uh maybe maybe i should try it again but i'm maybe it's because i'm very very spoiled on the on the honey crisp apples like they're just oh, I honey mean, and, amazing and the Honeycrisp lately that my wife's been getting at the store have been massive like oh yeah Oh, bigger than a softball, I guess.
0: A, a good apple is a good apple. That's, That's amazing. True.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but yeah i uh, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, being here and spending your time. Um, yeah, I do have you. a couple nice questions after. Yeah, good to meet you too, man. Um, I got a couple of questions after the show, so just uh, sure. just hang tight and uh, appreciate everyone uh, everyone listening. If you want to follow Sim. He is at, uh, at slim goober. <laughs> and what was the, the other, you, you got another one. Perma people has its own Twitter account. Yeah.
0: Right? At, at perma people underscore org. Okay. Perfect. All, uh, all of links
1: and share that. So thank you. Thank, yep. Thanks again. I like this interview a lot. Simon has had quite an interesting life, and I can tell he has a lot to say, but won't unless asked, which is why I had so many questions for him. Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. Check out our website, farmhoplife.com. You can sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. Send me a message at farmhoplife.com slash contact or email me anytime, matt, at farmhoplife.com. I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you'd like to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or anything else, pitch me an idea. Go to farmhoplife.com guest and fill out the form. Go feed yourself.